Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS FM in Columbus, Ohio. It's the Nerd Association podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. And here on the Nerd Association podcast, we're just cool. That's it. That's what it is now. Bingo. We're cool. You're cool. Everybody's cool. As Sean uh, messaged into us on Twitter this week, people don't, you don't even have to be gatekeepers of nerd stuff. Nerd stuff is just whatever people want to focus on. So nerd isn't even uncool at all anymore. It's just if you have a hyper focus on things and you like, that's what we like to do here. Amen, man. I'm all for that. Well, good. All right, good episode. Nick, we got it. <laughs> we're done. Nerds unite. Everybody's good. The jocks and the the nerds. Everybody's together now. No, we uh we have a little bit more to talk about. And Daniel, we're going to start off with, what do you think of when I say, I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. <laughs> Very good. Coming in hot on that intro. Um. Well, I, I think of uh, I think of the classic of the dead films by George A. Romero. Um, that one is yes. What is that one? Uh, that Dawn one is of specifically the dead? in. No, it's in Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. So I forget about that one. In Day of the Dead, they're in the like underground bunker, yeah. and it's like half scientists, half military men, and it from their account. It seems like everything's just gone to crap up above them. It's because they the, don't really know. It's because the jocks and nerds won't get along, man. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. It's that. It's that. It's that uh, dichotomy there, and that's what the uh, the guy who's in charge of the soldiers says to the the head scientist at one point when he's like, "What are we doing down here? We need like we, he's just like experimenting on the zombies and trying to figure things out. So he wants to know what what you're doing with his time. Yeah, and he calls him Frankenstein because he's doing some pretty uh, ghastly experiments, and that's the. Really, the best part of Day of the Dead is uh, <laughs> it's Tom Savini's masterclass, the makeup effects artist. Yeah. He's a he's a legend in that world, and that one is amazing. There's one that they reanimate, and the the zombie turns up from the like operation table, and just all of its guts fall out, and it's oh, it's it's beautiful but disgusting. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit on this show before about your love for the Romero Zombo zombie movies, the Zombos. Yes. Uh, the Zombos. The Zombos. Um, but there's a reason that we're, we've decided to circle back on it today, and it's because it's possible that uh, George A. Romero himself is going to rise from the dead and write a new script for one of these movies. Is that right? Sort of. <laughs> so it is his, uh, his widow, Suzanne Romero. Um, she is opening up right now and talking about a movie that is – I would say softly titled because I don't know what's going to happen, but it's Twilight of the Dead and she's sure. sharing her plans to take it to screen. Um, this is a quote from her. The story is set in a decimated world. Life has all but disappeared, but there still may be hope for humanity. The reason she knows that is because George Romero had been working on this a little bit, a little treatment on this idea to close up his of the dead series. And now they're kind of reaching out to other people. The The important thing to take note of here is, he technically made six zombie movies in his career. Yeah. There's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, which was so Night of the Living Dead in 1968, Dawn of the Dead in 78, Day of the Dead in 85, and Land of the Dead in 05. Then two more shortly after Land of the Dead called Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. But by all accounts, those two are not canon. 
in this. And so this Twilight of the Dead would kind of, you know, as you can see, night, dawn, day, land doesn't really fit in there. But yeah, you just go from like, it's like one track of a day, which is kind of cool naming practice for this. Because the coolest thing about- Afternoon of the Dead would have been a weird- (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a tough one. (laughs) Sorry. So- so I, I like the naming practice because of what the movies are. They're snapshots. While they are kind of a series and they because they they make sure their zombies are, you know, the same and the same rules for them and everything, they're not direct sequels to each other. And the coolest like I was saying, the coolest thing about them is they're snapshots of this this outbreak. So right. n- night is the first second it happens. Dawn is when it's getting control and and starting to uh to get out of control for people and the zombies are taking control and okay, what do we do now? Then day of the dead is basically everything is lost land of the dead. I would say is actually there's debate about this. I would say it's between dawn and day day seems to be like the zombies have taken over. There's really no sign of human life. Land of the dead is kind of the continuation of dawn of the dead. Whereas, okay. Survivors have figured out what's going on. They figured out what they need to do to survive. And they've, they've holed up at least in a city. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Milwaukee there. Um, and, and they're there and they're, they're able to, to, to protect themselves and they know what they're doing. So that's why that one would be in between because day of the dead is really just those people in the underground bunker. And I, I love these movies. Land of the dead. Isn't great. Granted. Uh, he, he, lost some of his vision as he as he got older and that happens to filmmakers they just get older and they're not quite as on the ball with things but i think the first three are uh, one of the best trilogies ever especially if you're considering horror trilogies and i love them yeah well and the thing that you know so often horror gets a bad rap or gets berated because it's very it's pulpy it is usually just about, you know, gore f- being a gore fest and how much shock value can we get. And so mm-hmm. often the story is the thing that suffers. Right. Um, but Romero. Because they're the easiest to produce. You can throw six people into, you know, the woods and make a horror movie if you really want to. Right. Or pick one, you know, one location, a house in the middle of a graveyard yeah. or near a graveyard. And But mm-hmm. R- Romero had a sort of different vision and a different message that he wanted to get across with these movies and so much of it had to do with i mean you know racial injustice and capitalism and you know other things like that the sort of yeah uh, so the yeah so they're not just snapshots of the zombie outbreak but they're snapshots of things that are going on in each individual decade these movies were made precisely so you know, if and I'll I'll say this: you're the expert on this. I've seen Dawn of the Dead. I've seen Day of the Dead. I'm sorry, I've seen Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. I haven't seen the other four or two, however you want to think of canon versus non-canon. Um, if you would, you got to see Day of the Dead. Well, you I mean, check that clearly, can we talk a little bit about what some of those themes are specifically in those movies? Because I think that's important for our understanding of what something like Twilight of the Dead might be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah please so, fill me in well it starts with night of the living dead and it's the 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 creation of the modern zombie right there of the the dead get up after they die and they come for you and they want to eat your flesh now this one for me is interesting with the zombies because it more so than dawn shows their uh that they still remain a little more 
like they they retain some of their dexterity because yeah. the first zombie that attacks Barbara in in the graveyard he picks up a rock and he breaks the window so there's that and then Barbara runs away after her brother gets taken down they're visiting a graveyard at, for their mother's grave and she runs away and she ends up in a farmhouse uh and the man there is a is a black man and you kind of follow him throughout so there's the subtext of it's all these white people trying to to fight this and there's a, a black man there and he plays the hero which i they definitely as the as the movie went on and romero's famous for like making his movies more in editing mm-hmm. than in the filming it kind of just film a lot and have ideas for the scenes and you know they have lines and everything but they they put it all together in editing so i think as they really cast him as the uh, as the main hero because he was the best actor amongst them but i think as as they developed the story they realized what they could do with that and the importance that they could they could shine on that and unfortunately it ends on a on a dour note for that stuff sure but in 1968 that was certainly you know i mean not that racism isn't still a thing but it was it was uh, even more of a, a, a on the surface you know, back then mm-hmm. and, and still had a lot more legal t- tooth behind it. And so to, to cast, you know, an African-American guy as the, as the hero th- without reservation, you know, without uh, sort of an asterisk was, was a pretty bold move at the time. And something Romero, as you said, you know, whether it was, whether he was trying really hard to, to send that sort of a message or not, it certainly came across. And I think, the reception of it is one of the things that gave him the courage or gave him the sort of impetus to continue doing that with more films, to be able to include that sort of a message, not even necessarily as subtext, but as text. And that certainly is, is in, in Dawn of the Dead, that is certainly on display. Yeah. The next one up is the most of all of them uh, that you can really see what they were going for. And Dawn of the Dead, you, you, You'll probably get it a little bit, even if you've only seen the remake one, because it follows the idea closer. But it's a lot more there because the the idea of a zombie and these people are holed up in a in a shopping mall and the zombies are coming back there. And yeah, they really uh, it's laid on kind of thick, but it's not bad. It's not. It's just it's just very apparent of the idea of, you know, zombie like shoppers wandering around a shopping mall and they return even when they're zombies something deep in their brain just knows they want the stuff in there the people who are the actual people who are still alive and not zombified they want the stuff that's in there and that's eventually their downfall because it gets broken into by another group of marauding bikers who come in and they want the stuff that's in there just excess uh consumerism and it's 78 but leading right into the 1980s sure well and and literally mindless consumerism right except in the most Mm -hmm. literal sense their mind is gone and they want to eat uh yes (laughs) so yeah i i I saw an interview with him once where he was he said he was you know thinking about how people just sort of mindlessly wander around the malls and if you know even if they were dead they would still just sort of shamble around um and again that's on full display there so Day of the Dead, as I said earlier, is the uh, way further, in my opinion, uh, along in the outbreak. And so you've got scientists in an underground bunker with some army guys, and they're trying to run experiments and, and figure out what's going on. This one is a little harder to peg exactly what he might be going for. And like I said, I, he didn't make these movies specifically 
to have social commentary, but it was something that came up because it's uh, with the canvas of the zombies. It's something that can be easy to, to jump towards, but I, I don't have any strong opinions about day of the dead and what that one might be trying to say. Well, I was going to say, I I wonder, I mean, this is from the perspective of someone who has only heard you talk about it, but it strikes me as very much beat, you know, criticizing both science and like the military, both of, of which have a reputation for sometimes thinking, um, can we do it? Not should we do it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Maybe I'm off base, you know, not again, not having seen it, but at least the most obvious text would be that like these are two groups that um, do things without necessarily thinking about the repercussions sometime. Yeah. And there's definitely that at play because you, the way they frame it, you know, with that quote, I started off the podcast with today, it makes it seem like, oh, the army guys are really the bad guys here. But as it goes along, you kind of learn that, you know what, maybe some of these experiments as Dr. Frankenstein, they're calling them is running isn't really the right things we should be doing and it might not be worth our time down here and then it all just falls apart but again that one is stunning from a special effects hey i don't know may there are some things that are dated because it's from the 80s and everything but the practical effects on the zombies in that one are great another it also extends the uh the logic of zombies remembering things and still knowing how to how to use things so there's the the famous one in in that one is uh is bubba in land of the dead what is the name of the i can't remember his name but there's there's the zombie who learned he remembers to pick up the phone and he goes yes say say hi to your your aunt alicia and he he goes so like the, the the so that is some of the good stuff coming from the scientists but there's a lot of extra stuff he does that uh isn't quite up to board, but they continue that idea that the zombies have some recollection of where they came from and their dexterity and can do some things. And then this is where that debate comes from because in land of the dead, there are zombies that are much further along in that stuff. It's sure. uh, it's almost planet of the ape, like, right. Like uh, what's the, the newer ones like Dawn of the planet of the apes when yeah, they like r- rise to pick of up the planet gun. of the apes. Yeah. Whichever one it is, yeah. The and like so in this one, they from watching the the humans when they're on supply runs and stuff. One of the one of the zombies, uh, Big Daddy, they call him. Mm-hmm. He uh, he figures out how to pick up uh, an assault rifle and stuff, and they they actually devise a real plan for infiltrating the city, which they thought was pretty safe because it's surrounded by water. But the zombies actually all coordinated walk underwater to the city and then all bets are off i think that's the thing i remember from the trailer for that movie because that would have come out when i was in high school i probably i definitely i didn't see it but i think i remember that trailer of the like you know the survivors thinking that they're safe and then all of a sudden from under the water comes this horde um i would say on this one if there's any sort of social commentary to it and they're they're trying to do it it's not as effective it's still kind of on the consumerism end but it's more class-based yeah. So there's like in this fortified city they have, there are still like poor people who are like living on the streets and having to scrounge up for food. And then there's in the center of the city, there's this amazing tower of luxury where they're still like shopping in the main floors and they have penthouse apartments and they're still like exchanging cash, even though just out, not even just outside of their protective borders, really just outside of them, the world has just gone to shit. <laughs> 
Well, and, and you here have, they are. And you have to think it was only a few years later that like the the subprime mortgage b- bubble burst, and mm-hmm. you know there. I think there was a lot of at that moment, you know, deregulation of banks and things like that that probably were were weighing on Romero's mind. And of course, it took him twenty minutes to or twenty minutes, twenty years <laughs> to make. That movie, you know, Day of the Dead was in 1985, and then Land of the Dead was 20 years later in 2005. And so certainly the 80s and the 90s led up to this, the decade of the 2000s that that had a lot of this sort of class warfare mentality going on um, no. that came to a head, like I said, with the with the sub, sub, you know, subprime mortgage crisis. Try saying that three times fast in 2008. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean... It's- Say what you will about George A. Romero. And like I said, some of these are a little more hit you over the head or anything, but he definitely had that tapped in a little bit and lost his handle on the the zeitgeist or what exactly was going on or what even maybe losing exactly what he was trying to say. And it was a little more clunky as time went on, but he still had, he still had good ideas. So that's why I like this idea of the twilight of the dead. See, uh, new movie to kind of close it all out because you take his vision his ideas and what it could be and, and what it should be and you hand it to a younger director or somebody who's probably a little bit more in tune a little more inspired at this point too in his career and the, we don't know who might be attached to this there's rumors about whom who could come forward to direct it but i just like that idea that it's still going to be romero's footprint but a, a newer a newer director gets a chance to figure out what exactly they want to to finish the series out with. Yeah. Now we're we're talking about this based on an article from the Hollywood Reporter and one of the things that they mentioned and you you've kind of alluded to this that the the last two movies Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead you know that George wasn't particularly happy with those the way they came out and those being the end of the the those end are of the tale. Practically like straight to DVD yeah. type movies and they're I mean, if you're if you're itching for a zombie movie, they're just like they're just bargain bin zombie movies. They're okay. They're not anything special. I uh, I know some people like Survival of the Dead a little bit more because it's like a it's sort of like a western, yeah. In a way, that one, um, Diary of the Dead, Diary of the Dead was I think him trying to reach a little bit too much into like what's popular now because Diary of the Dead is a found footage. Gotcha. One. And it, but it's not, I mean, as bad as found footage movies are, cause that's one of the cheapest, you know, we were talking about how you can throw together a horror movie and make anything you want found footage, you know, with the, with the advent of paranormal activity and things like that yeah, and Blair Witch. started with, yeah. with Blair Witch project, but those are so easy to put together that there are so many bad ones and it, he just didn't have a grasp on that concept enough to make a good found footage movie. It's better than some of the trash because there's still some budget behind it, but it's not, he wasn't the right guy to helm a found footage film. Yeah. Now it's where we've, we've alluded to this a bunch, but he, he did pass away in 2017. The understanding is that he was sort of quietly working on this script or on this story at that time. And apparently there is um, a tagline, you know, Suzanne Romero says that there is a, a tagline for the the Twilight of the Dead, which is, quote, the story is set in a decimated world. Life has all but disappeared, but there still may be hope for humanity, end quote. So, so let's talk about that. I mean, you know, 2017, yes. <laughs> you know, things are, are happening in the world, not, not too... Uh, 
certainly not with the pandemic, <laughs> but but a lot of the sort of unrest that was happening then is you know still happening now. Mm. What's what's Romero's angle? Like how does he how does he close out these this series of stories about about the dead coming back and and but still set a hopeful tone? Uh, that, I I mean that's gonna be tough. I. I if the idea is that it looks like it's a decimated world and things, you know, but there's still hope for humanity. So I would think that from the zombie standpoint, let's try to build it out from what the actual zombie story sure. could be the, so big daddy takes over that city at the end of land of the dead. And even though they're not in direct chronological order, I think they'll go with that idea of the zombies are in control. Now the quote unquote, bad guys but there is some humanity with them so that makes i don't know how he's gonna deal with that because there are points in that one where you're like well are the zombies the bad like there are the the more for lack of a better term like normal like you know the people living in the in the normal streets there the the non-zombified people that right. are the good characters and stuff and the real villains of it are the the rich people living up in the tower and just ignoring this crazy problem. So then the zombies take over that and they go with that. And I mean, if you're thinking about something being in control and, <laughs> and something that people don't like, and you're thinking of 2017, I think it becomes pretty clear sure. what you might be targeting. I, I wonder, you know, if that is the case and, and you have to sort of give the zombies humanity and, does this turn into a Godzilla versus Kong situation where like where they have to come up with a third? Well, no, where, where like, where like the, the quote unquote lower class humans and the zombies have to, they like start by fighting each other and then realize that they're on the same side. Like they have a common enemy. And then they take down the, yeah. Mecha Godzilla. There is still that, <laughs> there is some sort of ruling class still, or yeah, some sort of upper class that's taking over that. That could be the the way it could go, and obviously, as we talked about in Kong versus Godzilla, that's becoming more popular. Yeah, yeah, the, the teaming up and taking down. Okay, what's the the ultimate bad that these two can settle their differences for and take down? Well, and you kind of you kind of alluded to this that like it's interesting to think in a sort of post apocalyptic world that there's still a group of people that that believe they're entitled to luxury and are exchanging money, you know, for elaborate goods and services. And this, the main bad guy who I think it's Dennis Hopper is in that probably. one. Probably. I think it's him. <laughs> he's grabbing bags of money as he's fleeing, as the zombies have gotten into their stronghold. He's grabbing bags of money and putting it in his like town car. Yeah. And trying to get out with money. And it's like, what? Why are you still grabbing money? Right. What good is it out in the wasteland? Well, and and I think yeah. that right that raises that question. Like it, the people who were the ruling class and in power in the previous society before this apocalypse, like the only thing that gave them power was the fact other members of society allowed them to have it. Right. Like mm -hmm. the only reason that authority figures have authority is because we let them. <laughs> You know what I mean? At some and point, they continued to let in this story, they continued to let them have power. They right. Could, I mean, if the zombies can ransack the the luxury building, so could the people if they wanted to. Precisely. And so the question is, you know, in this twilight of the dead, is the thing that ends up happening is that both sides, you know, realize both of the oppressed sides realize like, hey, 
we the thing we want to fight against is this old society or this old way of thinking and create something that's new and free and i don't know it sounds uh it sounds yeah, very like, like was... you know <laughs> very like overthrow the the oligarchy power to the proletariat kind of thing <laughs> Which is, yeah, I mean, definitely something that's out there right now. And going to like what I was saying earlier, I think that's something that's probably going to be better served by a younger director. Now, yeah. I th- if you want that to be the vision and kind of put a, a cap to that and keep the idea of social commentary, then there's twofold to the director you would hire for this picture. You know, they, one, they have to be competent and know what they're doing, making just the, the flat surface zombie movie. But right. then they also... You would have to think that they would have to share some of those ideals because you don't want them to to go in and bastardize it. Sure. Yeah, it's worth, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of directors out there that would chomp at the bit to do that. And as you said, it would make sense for somebody who was in in the spirit of Romero, who was just a kid who wanted to make movies and and they, you know, caught the world by storm uh, in the 60s and 70s in particular. And and not even just him, just what he did to create this whole genre. That is, I mean, it, it started to come down. It probably peaked in like 2010 to 2015. But I mean, The Walking Dead was like the biggest show on TV for a while. Yeah. it At least cable television. So, I mean, zombies and all of that can really be traced back to Night of the Living Dead and what he created there. I have a few things that I like to share that are like fun facts from some of these movies, just really interesting kind of, you know, things that are, that are in there. I mentioned Tom Savini. He worked on Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, and he has a cameo, I think in Dawn as well, but, and then he like, he's one of the bikers and he like reprises that role. Um, Maybe I think it's a zombie in Day of the Dead, but he's like still in like the leather jacket and stuff like that. So like, you know, just a little a little Easter egg there. So that's if if you know what Tom Savini looks like, you're able to pick out that character. Two more things I'd like to share from his work. Um, He's I don't know if he's the inventor of this or if he came up with it or what, but he uh, he also worked on one of the Friday the 13th. And uh, one of the money shots of one of the dead is a machete. And how they did that, and I've I've heard this before, the the way they pull that off, you know, because it's pretty hard. You can't just slam a machete into somebody's right, seat, right? Well, what they did was they cut out the the headpiece, they put it in the, you know, there's probably a little bit of prosthetics and stuff like that, but it's really on whoever the zombie is that that actor. It's on their head, and then they pull it out, and then reverse. and then they just reverse the footage. Yeah. yeah, which would which also gives you a, a sort of unnatural mm-hmm. shot that is very uh, you know unsettling on its own, and then to combine is, it with something so gory and so brutal, which is bonus points for a, a zombie movie. You want it to be unsettling, precisely. It might not be something you're targeting for every type of movie, but if a machete is going into somebody's head, it's probably going to be unsettling that i would hope yeah that's what your director is aiming for well right exactly i mean uh, i guess i'm saying it adds to the effect even more than yeah. than having a machete to the to the head <laughs> they also get a blow up ahead in uh dawn of the dead which i think was just i don't know if it was savini or not but they just shot a prosthetic head with a shotgun which you can't do anymore on a live <laughs> set yeah, i don't uh, think but <laughs> probably not pretty- pretty cool in that moment um with night of the living dead one of the interesting things is it's not copyrighted 
So you'll see like a lot of weird dubs of it or a lot of weird edits of it. And people can show it pretty much without. And that's because the original theatrical uh, distributor, the Walter Reed organization, they failed to place a copyright indication on the print because they late in the process, they changed the name. What was it? It was originally called night of the flesh eaters. So when they changed that name to night of the living dead, they forgot to put the little C or whatever right. in the, and, and that's in the, uh, the official print that they sent out to theaters and everything. So anybody can put it on VHS. Anybody can put it on DVD or Blu-ray and sell it and do whatever they want with it. It is not copyrighted. So you'll see tons of versions. I think on Amazon prime, I, there's like a color version I've seen before. I mean, there's all sorts of things. I remember, I think it was like g4 way back in the day on mm-hmm. like uh one of the one of the 420s you know yeah it uh it was a friday night and it was a it was fourth it was april 20th so for like the stoner comedy they like dubbed over the whole movie with like stoner fake lines, lines yeah. and everything yeah just to make it like and it was i mean it was like chuckle worthy but the, it was the whole movie so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the best but they could do it without i mean the easy programming because all you have to do is come up with your fake lines and you don't have to pay for the licensing of it so based on what i know on about the- george romero you gotta think he probably didn't hate that that people just got to have fun with yeah. it and like you know to to keep it alive and keep it going yeah well because i think he yeah he enjoyed the fun of the filmmaking and that's part of the i think that's part of the fun of making a zombie stuff is it's so many people working together and if you try to coordinate it too much it's gonna look too glossy yeah it should be chaos that you're filming because that's what would happen if bikers broke into a shopping mall and there were a bunch of zombies running around and that scene that's probably my favorite uh scene of any of the three because uh it's just wild. Those they're they're riding their bike, and it's a real shopping mall. Whatever shopping mall in the Pittsburgh area, Romero's from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. so he always films in the Pittsburgh area. And they're they're just riding their their motorcycles through. They find the pies in one of the restaurants, and they're they're pieing the zombies. There's one guy who goes to one of those like sit down, check your blood pressure things, Cups, and he puts yeah. his arm in it, and it tightens then he's stuck there and then the zombies find him and they pull him apart but his arm stays in and then it like it's like squirting blood and then it comes up and then it's a zero because he's got no blood pressure not Not anymore his body that's that's too good that scene is great in dawn of the dead like i was saying it's the opposite of night of the living dead it's like almost too copyrighted because (laughs) they made the deal with uh uh, the Italian filmmaker Dario Argento, Argento, yeah, and he had the and he had the international rights, and because of that, it's always been locked up in weird things. And Dawn of the Dead is really hard to find on DVD. There are some like master collectors editions that uh, that you can find, but most of the time, if you look for Dawn of the Dead and you're trying to buy it, it it's going to be like eBay or like. Uh, a copy sent from china or something like that it's really hard to find an officially licensed dawn of the dead copy after a certain point they, it must have it, i don't know the exact details but like at some point in the early 2000s it, like their deal lapsed and then i think argento owns it and it's and he won't it's there's something to it but either way it's very hard to find on dvd i do have a dvd copy um it's not the greatest quality but it's it's not like it's like bootleg, like filmed on a camera, right? But it's not, it's not HD in any sense of the word. <laughs> it was a VCR copy at some, or you know, at some point, probably. Yeah, that is very. I don't, but, I don't think I had any inkling of that. That's very interesting. 
And internationally, because Dario Argento had that, I think Dawn of the Dead is Zombie 2 internationally. Okay. There was already a zombie that was an Italian movie. Yeah. And then Dawn of the Dead was Zombie 2 over there so that that also confuses people because there's all yeah or it might be the that one might be zombie and there might be a zombie too it's not sorry i'm getting my facts mixed up but i just i know all, i just hear all these things over the years because i love these movies i've just yeah. taken in so many little little tidbits and sometimes they're hard to to vest out you know whether because you i might be hearing it more in like a podcast form or something like this and i don't always know if what they're saying is exactly right yeah because they're saying it kind of the way i'm saying it. we're so, continuing the game of telephone right right by so the way have you ever seen have you ever movies. seen zombie the italian zombie no it is brutal really oh my gosh it had that has uh one of the most gruesome uh scenes in a movie i've ever seen in my life and it's yeah. it's got this like uh, you might know what i'm talking about the like the zombie grabs a woman by the head and pulls it forward slowly and there's like a splinter and it like penetrates her eyeball and they oh. show it in p- complete detail oh and <laughs> that would make sense from cuz the Dario Argento cut the international one yeah. of Dawn of the Dead that one I've heard like kind of cuts out some of that fun stuff with the guy with the pie in the face yeah. and all that. It's a little, they take it the, a little more seriously, which is, I don't know, I guess that could be up for debate, but I don't mind there being some lighthearted stuff in my no, zombie movie. I think that's okay. Well, I mean, there's, n- I think horror is one of those genres that when it starts taking itself too seriously, that's when it gets bad. Mo- mm-hmm. Maybe not all the time, but a lot of the time, I think, you know, when you're willing to poke a little fun at it and th- it is re- because it is ridiculous. You're making movies about things yeah. that are ridiculous. And you've got to walk that line closely because you're looking, you know, and it also depends on like what the character is and what's going on. Like the Friday the 13th movies get pretty ridiculous and sometimes that's more fun, but like Michael Myers in Halloween, I think that's better, more straight played. Sure. Um, Freddy Krueger is has always been camp. a little more on the silly side. Yeah, campy. That's but, a great but word. For see, it. to me, and I don't know, I might, I might irritate some listeners. I don't like a, a a Nightmare on Elm Street movie because it goes almost too far in the other direction. It tries so hard, to, and it just turns into like dad jokes plus stabbings. It's the I don't know. It's kind of the. Child's Play is the same problem. Child's Play 1 and 2 are actually kind of scary. And then they just let the Chucky character become a complete joke to the point where they've tried to revive it a little bit. There's been some extra Chucky movies as time has gone on that are a little more on the scary side. But when you got to like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, Seed of Chucky is a straight up comedy. Yes. It's not even, it doesn't even try to be a scary movie. And they're kind of fun. I know in Bride of Chucky, like, uh, John Ritter is in it and he's I always like seeing John Ritter in things so there's some you know redeeming qualities beneficial aspects yeah. to that yeah but it's not it, Chucky can actually be scary sure and I think the first child's play is a legitimately scary movie yeah well and the the most recent one didn't Mark Hamill voice Chucky which you know you always love Mark Hamill and things yeah so that one the my only problem with that one was it uh this kind of just turned into a uh, just talk a about movie movies talk. yeah <laughs> but my only problem with that one is they took away the like voodoo stuff for chucky so it was just like 
dysfunctioning AI, which is still scary. Sure. But it's a I think the idea of this like serial killer putting his soul into the into the doll makes the threat a little more real and not just like malfunctioning technology well right because it's almost it's it's almost becomes like an exorcist um like the exorcist style movie at that point it's Mm -hmm. the serial killer plus like a demonic sort of backing if you want to look at it that way no i agree with you i think that's part of what makes that concept scary because it's a possession and then it makes it like harder like because because of the possession, the the guy in Chucky, he has, you know, he has the thought processing of a human. And so, like, there's probably a little bit more, like, trickery yeah. going on. And there's, like, there's, like, gaslighting because, like, the kid's like, this doll is not safe. And the people are like, it's just a doll. You're freaking out. But if the malfunctioning technology doll is malfunctioning, it's probably a little more apparent. Sure. <laughs> Back yeah. to anyway, yeah. George A. Romero. <laughs> I'll sum it up with this. If you are looking to watch them, you you don't really need to watch them in order. Um, so if you want to watch them in my in order of my favorites, I think Dawn is the best, followed by Night 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 of Living Dead and Day of the Dead are very close, very close for me. But I, I the original is just a little bit better. Day of the Dead is really great. A little fall off with Land of the Dead, but still worth watching for that, especially if you're getting uh, all up to date for this possibility of this Twilight of the Dead coming out. You can watch Diary of the Dead or Survival of the Dead if you want, but they're not really. Uh, sounds that like special. I shouldn't scramble to like go find those anywhere. <laughs> no, but I yeah. If you those first three, if you haven't seen them make sure you find a way to see night of the living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead the george a romero classics that original trilogy solid if you like zombie movies you should like that if you if you think you like zombie movies and you don't like those then i'm not sure you like zombie movies yeah i mean they're the originators they you know that it's, it's truly an example of those who did it first did it best kind of thing yeah so and like like we said at the beginning, I don't want to be a gatekeeper of it. I'm not going to say you're not a zombie fan or you you shouldn't watch zombie movies. But I just feel like if you really do appreciate the zombie genre, these will be movies you will really appreciate. Yeah, they're quintessential. Well, thank you for sharing your knowledge on uh, on these fine films. Like I said, I've seen a couple of them. I'll have to go back and do a rewatch, especially if this uh, this new movie is in the works. So, uh, well, li- listeners out there, uh, let us know. If we, if you feel like we missed something or man, if, uh, if you have other trivia about, I love that kind of stuff, by the way, can I <laughs> sidetrack? Can I just <laughs> say how much I love that experience of like learning the little tidbits behind the movie, mm-hmm. the makings of movies? I'm, I'll admit I'm that annoying guy that if I'm watching a movie that I know really well, I'll be like, well, you know, in this scene, <laughs> my wife recently sent me a, a meme that was like, uh lord of the rings and it's like two and a half hours of crying you know that vigo mortensen broke his toe while filming this scene four and a half hours of crying (laughs) anyway (laughs) sorry yeah so if anybody knows any of those little tidbits or things that you know go not just into the romero zombie ones because we cover a lot of those but if you do know any ones that we didn't mention send those along or some of your favorite ones from horror movies tweet those along to us you can find us on twitter at nerdisoc n-e-r-d underscore a-s-s-o-c or you can email us nerdisoc at gmail.com all right well thank you so much chops and thanks to you all for listening we'll talk to you again next week 